Welcome to Day Unplugged. Today is Tuesday, July 17th. With me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in Pennsylvania. I am Ann Picker, Day's Chief Economist. Mark, as we re- are we recording this podcast, Fed Chair Powell is testifying mm-hmm. before the Senate pa- Banking Committee mm-hmm. as part of his semi-annual Fed testimony. And tomorrow he will testify again, but this time before the House of Representatives Financial Services Committee. So what is he saying? Well, it's, it's what he's not uh, uh, really saying. He's uh, sidestepping. What's most striking is he is continuing to sidestep um, questions over trade and questions over fiscal policy. He is being uh, uh, questioned on them, and he is uh, saying some things that uh, trade um, countries that uh, that keep their borders open do better than countries that don't. He's also saying that trade concerns could interrupt wage growth. But it isn't uh, what uh, the old days when you had Alan Greenspan lecturing uh, the government on the necessities for uh, uh, keeping uh, spending down or the days of, uh, of, uh, of the past with uh, Volcker who, uh, who raised uh, a fear uh, into, into Washington. This is not uh, Powell's uh, apparently uh, uh, style. But in any case... The economics of it, aside from from uh, the the, uh, the trade uh, uh, the trade and fiscal issue, is inflation. And inflation right now is right at where the Fed wants at two percent. It came in uh, on the quarter PCE index uh, last month at the two percent, so it's already there. Um, and last week's inflation data were pretty stable. And what inflation pressures that we're seeing are right now being absorbed. Um, by corporations and not being passed through. So it's a pretty good outlook right now for the Fed. He's, uh, we're going to be on a, a gradual uh, rate hike path, as, as Powell is repeating, um, which uh, you know is a less stimulative uh, for, for the stock market. But so far, the stock market uh, is reacting positively. Mark, you say the uh, corporates are absorbing the, uh, the impact of tariffs. This must uh-huh. have bad implications for profit margin, surely. Well, the other side of that, of course, is uh, the corporate tax cut. Uh, the corporate tax cuts shaved about $100 billion off uh, so far, uh, looks to shave over this next year, over this year, um, uh, $100 billion. So uh, corporate taxes are down from about $400 billion to about $300 billion. So that will help. Uh, that will, of course, and there, uh, that will, of course, help uh, corporations uh, to absorb that. But, you know, uh, it, it is an interesting question, Jeremy, because um, we had the retail sales um, report yesterday. That, that was um, uh, Monday the 16th, and it was very strong. It really was. Um, and what we saw in the producer price report um, in, the, uh, in the prior week, last week, was um, a second month of unusual and, and visible uh, pressure for, whole, uh, for wholesaler and retailer costs. So there is some costs, uh, rising costs. There's definitely appearing uh, at the producer level. Uh, and it is centered, interestingly, in, in uh, the consumer spent in the retail area, which is um, really coming alive in the second quarter. And Powell noted it today that the second quarter is looking much better, stronger than the first quarter. And that's tied directly to consumer spending, which, uh, which apparently has uh, been taking off, although we had a weakness in uh, service spending 
uh, in May. We, we don't have any service spending yet um, data. That'll be coming out next week with the pers uh, personal outlays uh, uh, and income report. Um, uh, and we don't have it, and there's very little data, but that's a very big piece of consumer spending. It's the dominant piece is, uh, is on services. So that's still a wild card, but uh, it, does look, uh, it does look positive and it does look uh, that it is being protected from the consumer. We saw it in the consumer price report last week. Uh, it was re very, very little pressure in there. And even though we have tariffs and even though we have uh, uh, issues of capacity stress, long, long delivery delays, big pileups of, of backlogs at companies right now, uh, tight labor market. Uh, Powell's talking about a little bit of uh, better wage inflation. That's something else that the, the profits are going to have to be uh, absorbed. But, but, but also, uh, Jeremy, that the profits are growing. So it might mean uh, slower uh, profit growth, right. but uh, it's not. I don't think a giant risk right now. And at least if you judge by the, the how the stock market is reacting, it's not a, an immediate danger. It's interesting. Just one part of just uh, kind of fitting in with it, what you just been saying. Really, I, the IMF came out with their you know their new set of forecasts. Was it earlier on um, this week? And that was trying to take some sort of account of you know what trade tariffs and the like might do. It's interesting that when you look at the U.S. forecasts, it's unrevised from what they're saying in April. But when you look at you know the likes of Europe, where we don't have the big fiscal package, obviously that you do, you know all the growth rates there, you know the likes of France, U.K., Italy, Germany in particular, they've all been downgraded. So it does seem there's certainly this this kind of view at the moment, but courtesy of the fiscal package, your side, it ought to offset whatever we're going to see coming out of this fiscal um, tar trade tariff side for global growth. Well, yeah, and I'd like to underscore how strong the second quarter is looking right now as far as uh, referring to GDP. Uh, we're looking at like a 4%. Uh, quarter and some of these uh, uh, indicators, like the ISM uh, manufacturing report, their data is consistent with a five percent quarter. So um, it is a it is a very strong uh, 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 economy that we're seeing right now. Thanks, Mark. Jeremy, you have a heavy week in the UK, data wise. Yes, I think that's right. It's mainly sort of UK focus. Um, I think, you know, put into context at the moment, financial market speculation, probably currently slightly in favour of a rate hike once we get to the next Bank of England meeting on August the 2nd. But I think it's got to be said, it doesn't really seem to be a done deal as yet. As you say, it's an important week for, you know, the, the big statistics ahead of that particular meeting. And earlier on today, Tuesday, we had another very mixed labour market report. I mean, in terms of the actual Sort of real side of the economy from the labour market itself, it appears to be performing quite well. So we saw record highs on the employment rate, and we also saw a record high on vacancies as well. But that continues to contrast with, well, just persistently sluggish wages growth. And indeed, we actually saw the underlying annual rate dip a tick down to 2.7% in the latest figures. So in the same sort of way as we've seen stateside, it's still very much the case, and it's not just for Europe, not just for UK, I should say, but for Europe as well, that wages just simply aren't responding. So I think it's going to make Wednesday's inflation figures will have the June consumer price index. That's going to be all the more important in determining whether or not the bank will actually change interest rates once we get to August. And indeed, to a perhaps a slightly lesser extent, Thursday's June retail sales figures as well. If we see strength in both inflation and the retail sales, then I suppose it's got to be seen as at least increasing the likelihood that the split vote we saw last time will be rebalanced in favour of another tightening. 
Um, otherwise, over here, I suppose it's still just keeping an eye on Brexit. Um, as folks might have seen, I think we talked about last week that Mrs May presented a compromise uh, deal or plan at least of a deal as a result of a checkers meeting. Uh, that's really gone round like a lead balloon, it seems, with uh, sort of the Remainers and the Brexiteers alike. Uh, there have been some fresh calls from a second referendum uh, to which the government at the moment is still saying no way. But I think you've got to say it can't be ruled out altogether if we can't get besides agreeing some kind of final proposal. As things currently stand, it looks as if there's, you know, there's increasing risk of a hard Brexit, which no one wants, or at the very least some kind of deferral of the Brexit date itself, which of course is March the 29th uh, next year. Both those eventual out eventualities are looking that much more likely at the moment. And you can tell just how bad sort of the or unstable the, the UK political situation is currently by virtue the fact that the EU is standing back and saying nothing nothing at all at the moment about the Brexit talks just for fear of adding fuel to the fire. So it's a bit of a messy time as far as uh, the UK is concerned at the moment and um, say maybe some numbers coming out but obviously for a lot of investors it's a case of keeping their eyes on what's going on in terms of politics. Uh, for the Europe as quickly mentioned it is a very quiet week over here. The, uh, the next main focus will be the flash PMIs next Tuesday ahead of what should be a boring ECB meeting um, on Thursday. But before that, we will get the final inflation figures for June. They're due out tomorrow on Wednesday. Normally, they agree with the flash date and the market tends to leave them alone. But just of note, uh, we have seen a downward division to both the Italian and the French inflation figures in advance of this release. So that makes a little bit of downside risk. And of course, if we were to see in particular core in in inflation rate being revised lower again, it just has to keep alive the possibility that despite what ECB is currently saying quantitative easing may have to run into 2019. So it's still something I think to keep an eye on. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, China released its growth figures for the second quarter on Monday local time and economic growth slowed to a 6.7% increase in the second quarter when compared with a year ago. Growth was 6.8% on the year in the first quarter. Amid fears that of a trade war with the U.S. is beginning to take a toll on the country's economy. However, it should be noted that growth is still above the government's full-year growth target of 6.5%. Beijing's escalating efforts to bring down the nation's debt levels has also contributed to the slowdown during the period, which had pushed up borrowing costs for companies and suppressed economic activity. The impact of trade tensions between China and the U.S. has not been reflected in the statistics in any significant way. It has started to affect business confidence, though, as seen by weaker exports and direct investment data during the second quarter. The trade war will have a, biggest, a bigger effect on GDP growth in the second half of the year, following recent implementation of tariffs imposed by both Beijing and Washington on each other's goods. Anne, I have a question. Mark? Yeah. Uh, what has the we talked about the Chinese GDP um, being so shockingly consistent? You, I mean, you use the word slow from six eight to six seven. I mean, that's not very much slowing. What, what has been the variation? I mean, has it gone over seven? Has it gone <laughs> under seven? No, 
uh, I believe last year there were three quarters in a grow with where growth was identical. I think it was 6.8. It has stayed within a remarkable narrow range and there really are no revisions. It just stays there. (laughs) Well, do any, does the press talk about the coincidence here? Does the economist question the, the validity of the numbers? It's China, Mark. Okay, well, all right. so, I, so, so, so let's just characterize it then. It, it's good, solid growth. Is uh, a steady, good, solid growth is what we can say about China, or is it a, a high level? Is this a very high rate of growth uh, uh, for, for this economy? Uh, no, I would say not. Although, as we both know, as an economy grows and increases in size, the percentage increase automatically reduces. Mm -hmm. So it could be a factor of natural growth curve. Mm -hmm. My my question has got to be that um, we've seen China, as you say, growing as near as time at exactly the same rate for however many years it is now. Well, if that's the case, what do the policymakers, what indicators they look at when they decide to, I don't know, change reserve requirements or change interest rates or what? Because on the basis of GDP figures, you think policy should just stay as it is always. They look at what they plan and what they think the economy should be doing. Um, they're juggling several balls right now, namely the tariff situation, which is at best fluid. They're also juggling the internal problems with debt growth and the like, and they're trying to control that. So they're juggling several balls and trying to control growth. The six point five figure was deemed very conservative when they issued their forecast. Okay, guys, until next week.